0: Good morning and welcome to our very, very special Sunday morning. This is one of my favorites in the whole year. Last week, hearing about the many lifelines, the many missionaries all around the world that we get to support and bless and pray for. Um, On your seat when you came in, you would have found these cards. Uh, There's information. Each of you got a different card, Um, and we we were laughing about this in staff meeting that you know These are high-value cards, and you don't, we don't know how much value in each of them. So you may be able to trade cards with each other. Uh, if you like another missionary or you feel you want to trade up, go for it. But one of the things we want, want to do is not just to sow to the lifelines of missionaries. We want to be committed to praying for them. So take these cards, and if you want more than one, stop by the, the, the desk outside and pick up. There's uh, all the missionaries that we support. Their cards and pictures are there on the back is a QR code that takes you to our Lifelines page and to the page of those ministries as well. So you can connect with them, pray for them, send them encouraging notes, send them care packages as it's appropriate. We want to get involved in all of them. Is that good? Well, I hope, I hope you're, you have been thinking about it as a family and preparing for this morning's uh, Lifeline Sunday and Lifeline offering. If you're watching online, we encourage you to participate with us today in this offering. And, you know, this is not, we don't look at this offering as a horizontal transaction. My desire in speaking this morning is to what we're already intending to do is to elevate us to a higher vantage point before you give. It's already, the generosity is already in our hearts as a community. I just want to, from the scriptures and from some stories, elevate all of us together so we see bigger in our giving. Is, that, is this okay? Hallelujah. So let me pray and we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you for your glory among us. We thank you for great purpose, God, that you are here with stories that you are still writing and you are unfolding the different narratives and different chapters of so many stories around the world and we get to be a part of it. God, we bless those who are participating online as well. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Turn to Genesis 12.1 and we'll, we'll launch from here. Genesis 12.1 is the story of the very first Missionary. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land I will show you. From the very beginning, God could have begun his work with somebody who was already local, but in the plan and in the genius wisdom of God, he calls somebody from without. Abraham, Abraham, and he became Abraham later, who's a father of the faith, father of missions. He tells him, get out of your country and go to a place I will show you. And this is a way with God. He doesn't give us a five-year blueprint to you. You ask any missionary, hey, what are you guys doing next year? And they'll probably be like, next year? We're asking the Lord, what are we doing Tomorrow. And it starts with Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. Some things in God that are centered and wrapped up in faith only come in the going. Even the great commission to go out and preach the gospel, heal the sick, it says, as you go, pray for them. As you go, lay hands on the sick. As you go, preach the gospel. Thank you, Lord. So in the going, more of the blueprint and the plan of God begins to be revealed to Abraham. And in the same context in Hebrews eleven eight, we hear the same narrative written of Abraham now. Hebrews eleven eight By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And Abraham went not knowing where he was going. This... This is a, not just a verse, this is a call to all of our lives. This is a pattern for a life following after God. Not just for missionaries, for all of us. Have you guys ever seen the little rock pile out in the little green front of the church? When we moved into this building, that was like a, like we felt to to all, invited all the families to bring up a rock, a stone, to write their favorite family verse, or a declaration, who's, who's got a stone in there? Many people have come and gone, wow, wow. Well, our rock, Sarah and I, our rock, I wish we had engraved it, we wrote it, I've, it's washed off now. But our rock is there, and this was a Verse. Hebrews 11.8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called out, called to go to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. When we follow the Lord not knowing, we will receive an inheritance. We won't even know that an inheritance is coming, but the obedience opens a door for his inheritance in the places that we don't know yet. It's even hard to speak in English about this. But that's the mystery in the way of God. And he went out, and Abraham, the reason he's a father of, of, of faith, he's known as a father Abraham, right? Is his response, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. We often yell at our kids, right? If they just wander, like, where are you going? What do you think you're doing? We don't do that part. We do, I discipline my kids. As long as they're in my house, (laughs) Sarah's getting nervous. I won't say any more. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. We are today, what I want to encourage us in is we are, as we participate in the Lifelines offering, we are participants this morning in this ancient Abrahamic call to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. We're not just sowing seed or sowing finances in 2022. We are going all the way back to the moment when Abraham, under the night sky, promised and spoke to Abraham about that all. the nations of the earth will be blessed in you we are now in that moment with Abraham this morning I feel the Holy Spirit all over me thank you Lord we're not we don't want to just give to a project we don't want to just give to a missionary because we know what they're doing we want to be part of the bigger storyline of God that started with Abraham We, in this moment, and today, as you put your offerings in on by your phone or by check or whatever means, we are going back to grab a hold of Abraham's hand as he receives a promise. In you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. We are participating this morning in not life centers, lifelines alone. We are participating in the Abrahamic call to be a blessing to the nations of the earth. Come on. One of my favorite scriptures in Galatians 3.8, this is what it says. I can't even wrap my head around this. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That's your cue to scratch your head. What does that even mean? The scriptures are alive. Isn't that what, what scripture says about scriptures? That the word of God is alive and sharper than any two edged sword. The word of God is active and living. Every time we open it, the promises of God, it's not just text and it comes, it is actually alive. He exalts his word above his own name because it's that word that created everything. The essence of the life of God is in that breath and in that word. And this word, these scriptures, are outside of our understanding of time. We have the grid of time, but the Holy Spirit and God exists outside of time. That means God is right now with Abraham, giving him the promise, and he is right now with us as well. Sorry to mess up your theology. Scriptures foreseeing, meaning while he was with Abraham, Scriptures, the word of God, for was foreseeing something that would come that was already happening because he was seeing it. Seeing that the Gentiles would come to faith, preach the gospel to Abraham. Wait, what gospel to Abraham? The good news of salvation to the ends of the earth because he said, in you, through this seed of faith, and which will be fulfilled by Jesus, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Everybody said beforehand. You see the word gospel, preach the gospel to Abraham. The gospel means evangelion. That's where we get the, the word evangelist from. You hear similar sound in, in Greek. But this word gospel here, the gospel to Abraham in greek is pro evangelizomai which means the gospel that came before the gospel that was preached before to abraham The Holy Spirit, the word of God was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Abraham saying, Abraham, there's something coming that you do not know. And it's not just through Israel whom I am going to call to represent me, but through Christ and through the lineage of faith because of your obedience, nations are going to come to faith. Why do you think a man who was 100 years old believed that he could have a son? He had to stumble into that whole promise. He had a little bit of hiccup trying to figure it out, but he got it. He said, yes, Lord, let me do it. Let me try to work something out. But God says, no, all of it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all of it. You just have to be in agreement and participate. This morning, we are going right back there with Abraham, where all things are possible in god come on we are participating in this transcendent promise and call to abraham as we sow into our lifelines today acts chapter 2 another era another significant moment when the holy spirit fell on the 120 and the new testament church era was birthed here's what it says peter got up they were trying to figure the people who had gathered from the city, we're trying to figure out what is going on, what is this? You know what Peter got up and said? Acts 2.16, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You see, we're not living in a static moment. As believers, we are never in one solitary, isolated, static moment. All of the working, all of the work of God here today in our lives is part of something else that has already happened. The start and the birth of the church, he says, what is this? This is that which was spoken. What are we doing today in our lifelines offering? This is that which was promised to Abraham that you'll be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. Last year on October 8th, during our lifelines week, I had a prophetic word at the end of the message about our lifelines. Go ahead, play the short 40-second video and I'll I'll pick up after it as I was praying for this Sunday this past week, you know, we do have a missions budget that we strategically allocate. All of it goes to our missionaries. But the Lord said that He's going to change here at Life Center, He's going to change our missions budget and it's going to be a mission storehouse. That there will be increase here in this house not just to meet the need because of a budget, but there will be a storehouse out of which we get to vision greater things. Budget is not part of God's language, but it's storehouses. He said, test me in this so that there may be food in the storehouse meaning enough for seasons to come come on i remember the unction that i felt in that moment that was the sunday before we received the offering we presented all of our lifelines and i felt this word had strength and power and charles has brought it up a few times even last week this word was fulfilled during the Sunday that we sowed to our lifelines. Our budget became a storehouse because we, with our generous hearts, grabbed a hold of this prophetic word in that moment and sowed generously, and we became a storehouse for greater things to come. Thank you, Lord. Life Center Ministries International. We're not Life Center Church, we're not Life Center Community Church. We're not Life Center Church on the Hill. We're not Life Center. What else? We are Life Center Ministries International. The Ministries International is not there to sound, to make us sound like we're bigger than we are. It's part of our DNA. It's part of what the apostolic call that is on this house. We are enlarged in the giving today into the apostolic call to the nations. Thank you, Lord. Vision for greater things and enough for seasons to come. And one of the things that God spoke to me as I was preparing for today is that in the storehouse, there are stories in the storehouse. There are stories in the storehouse. As we activate faith and sow into the storehouse today, there are stories yet being told and written in the storehouse. So this morning I want to spend a little bit of time talking about one of those stories that is being written. This story is not even part of our lifelines in the moment. We are ahead. There's a, there's a prophetic word that Sue Roby shared in 2017 on a Wednesday night. Here's what he said she said, God is delivering the future now. And this very minute, has history in it. I love this word. He's delivering the future now, and this minute has history in it. it. It just messes any linear understanding of timeline, if you look at this prophetic word. God's timeline is not linear. It's a tapestry. A tapestry of carefully interwoven texture and color. It's a tapestry of his creative design woven into the lives of all that are willing around the world. So here's a story that's unfolding. October 3rd, 2021, last year, this word about the storehouse. And our following Sunday, we received the Lifelines offering and our missions, Lifelines, became a storehouse and not a budget. Because of your participation in it. A month later, on November 17th, this pastor and his family that no one here knows, because of rising persecution in India, moves to Harrisburg. They actually escape overnight and come to Pennsylvania. I didn't think of this before, but I think there is a cause and effect in the realm of faith. As you go that you would receive as an inheritance. Vision for greater things and enough for seasons to come. Just a month later, and I'm gonna highlight this one story to zoom in on the nature of God and the beauty of the interworking, the woven, interwoven tapestry of God all around us. Just a month later after we Had our lifelines offering. This missionary family moved to Pennsylvania from Calcutta. Now, a couple months before, I was speaking about my inheritance in India as you know, my, my, my dad had just passed away. And for the first time, I was sharing about a little bit of my history. And Abner, who's here with this family, he didn't know I was Indian until I was preaching that message. And he said, Oh, and they were hosting two teenage, young teenage girls. So after the message, I remember right here, Abner, do you remember? We came right here, the altar was crowded, he made his way to me and said, hey, I want to introduce you to these two young girls. And we started talking, you know, and they said they're from India. I asked them from where, they said Calcutta, and we started talking. I said, oh yeah, I've been to Calcutta many times. And we were talking, you know, and and I think Abner says, maybe you know their family, you know, it's 1.2 billion people in India. And I thought, Abner, there's no way I know this family. I've even been to Calcutta, but there are millions of people in Calcutta. So we start talking. You know, I'm I'm reaching out to these two sweet girls, and I I don't know. I think he asked me. I don't don't think the girls asked me. I said, so who did you work with in in Calcutta? I said, Pastor DeGanto. And the girls' eyes lit up. And they go, that's my dad. I've known these girls when they were infants. We carried them as we went and ministered on the streets of Calcutta. They carried our kids, we carried their kids. We bathed kids on the street, ministered with them year after year. I think three or four times we came to be with them. All of a sudden, in 2021, they're here. And I'm thinking, what a coincidence. But that's what it looked like in that moment. A month after our lifelines offering, and I began to get in, you know email them on Facebook, and they're back in India, the parents are. They sent their two daughters here because of rising persecution in India. And the gangs, extremists, came to their church at gunpoint and shut down the church. The church began to meet in homes, and there's been exponential growth. That's a report I hear. They're still preaching to this community from here, from our building, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. So they come to Pennsylvania, and they're living in Sinking Springs. That's where the two girls were. And I felt, you know, Lord, it isn't like you to have this amazing couple that we know and we love. We, we, can, we can validate their ministry, the genuineness of their faith. It would be amazing instead of Sinking Springs. First of all, when you're prophetic, Sinking Springs is not the place you want to kind of live doesn't doesn't build courage and I said,, uh, ma, would you guys consider moving to Harrisburg and I'm thinking, I'm just want to reach out to them in compassion, you know, and they can be part of life Center, their kids their uh their four children and all their kids can go to airborne, they can go to maybe the Christian schools here, you know I'm just wanting to be nice to them, so we start talking on the phone, and they said, you know He said, Pastor Babu, it will take a lot. That's a lot for to organize. He said, Hey, if God's in it, you know, it'll work out. That week, we just signed on a house right behind on Braywood Street, and I presented this opportunity to John and Charles and the board, and it was an immediate thumbs up for them to come and live here in this house. Immediately, within a couple of days, we had the check on a provision for them to have a house. I call Harrisburg Christian they made great provision in the middle of the school year for the kids to come in and start school there. And there were several families that that donated their cars and vehicles for them to use, and, and one, a widow in this house, gave her car, her minivan, to this family. All of a sudden, within a matter of weeks, they relocated from Sinking Springs to Harrisburg. And I'm thinking, This was right before fire, so I'm thinking, man, if Heidi Baker's here and all these amazing people, I'd love for them to be prayed over, and, you know, and whenever they go back to India, that God would do amazing things, and we would have another story on our carpet like God has done so many times. So they move here, and within the first couple of weeks, they're diligent, and they begin to connect with other Indians, North Indians, Nepalese, Bhutanese people around Harrisburg. And then he calls me one day and the and pastor says, Pastor Chandi, did you know that there are over 50,000 Nepali people in Harrisburg? I said, you mean in, in America? I said, no. In, you mean in Pennsylvania? No, in Harrisburg. And a lot of them are centered on centered around Dairy Street, and we come to find out that they are all over in Mechanicsburg and other areas as well. But a concentration of them is along the Dairy Street. If you go from from Church, get on Dairy Street till Hummelstown, there is about 15-20 Nepali stores, grocery stores, uh, dumpling house called Momo House, Mama's Momo House and we had noticed the increase in Nepalese in this, in, in this area and they and they give us the the actual figure over 50,000 here you see their ministry a lot of what they did was in nepal a lot of that he speaks nepal the nepali language they go to the they go into nepal train young leaders school of power ministries and re, train them up, raise them, and send them into the rest of Nepal. These are faithful people that God used in the Himalayan region. And because of this increasing number of Nepalese here, with a rise of persecution, God brings them to Harrisburg. And I think I'm trying to be nice to them. I'm not realizing that there is this amazing tapestry of God that is weaving. And so then as they begin to connect and meet people all over Harrisburg, pastor tells me, "Chandi, we need Bibles. We need Nepali Bibles. I'm like, oh man, I don't know where to get Nepal." So I got online, Google search, Nepali Bibles, where can I get, it's like expensive to get, you know, Bibles for 60,000 people. (laughs) And so they try to get Bibles and I said, hey, I know one person who goes here, Holly Malloy, maybe she'll be here in second service. She's been a missionary to Nepal for decades. I'm like, "I'll I'll write, I'll call Holly. I don't have her phone number. I know her on Facebook. Our chat history is zero. We've never chatted on Facebook. I'm like, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'll cold call her on Facebook audio. And I did. It was afternoon, maybe on a Thursday that week. I called her and she picked up the line and said, hello. She sounded a little groggy. I'm like, maybe she was taking a nap, you know. I said, Holly, this is Chandi. She said, "Hey, Chandi, is everything okay?" I'm like, "Yes, it is." Holly, we're, I told her what's going on. I said, "We need, we need because of this opportunity, we need Nepali Bibles, I and mean, you've been a missionary to Nepal all these years. Is there any way you can reach your friends in Nepal and get us some Bibles?" And she says, "Chandi, I'm in Nepal right now, and I'm flying back to Harrisburg tomorrow." And tomorrow's a national holiday in Nepal. She said, she said, I'm not sure that I can get my hands on Nepali Bibles you know, with that short time and with it being a national holiday for them. And she said, But I'll try. This is how missions works. The things that say no, you just have to linger there just a little bit longer and see how God opens the door. There are patterns hidden in scriptures. When he brought an entire nation to the Red Sea, you would think if you were an administrative genius, you would have opened the Red Sea first before bringing them there. True? That would show how prepared you are. This is not the economy of God when it comes to faith lifestyle. He brings them there until they are, uh, to the point that they are like, take us back to bondage. It's a test. I'm getting sidetracked with that. So, within three days, there's a package here in our front step, hand delivered a package of 60 Nepali Bibles. That's when it hit me there's something way bigger going on that I'm still not getting my wrapping my head around. That's when I begin to step into okay, there is something bigger. I want to be watching, looking, and being sensitive and following what the Lord is doing here. So, as we began to plan, We know that God is doing something bigger than what we had initially thought to reach out to them, to be a blessing to them. Now we have in our hands an incredible ministry opportunity. These are the very same people he would get beaten for preaching the gospel to. Part of their, some of their leaders have been killed because of extremist Hindus. Because of preaching the gospel to the very people. Here God brings them into a place where there is no limitations. There's no restrictions on being able to preach the gospel. I still have to encourage them week after week that the police are not going to catch them. True? He's still trying to understand how free the gospel is here for us. And it's a genius plan of God that what the enemy tried to... To steal and destroy and even kill, God says, watch what I'm going to do. He takes them and puts them in the middle of a massive harvest here in Harrisburg. Thank you, Lord. All of a sudden, we began talking about the Dairy Street Project. We shared with the. We didn't have any plan. There was zero plan. Just the vision and the excitement. The Dairy Street Project. All of our staff were saying the Dairy Street Project. A few weeks later, I have a dream. And in the dream, usually my dreams have some meaning. <laughs> this dream, a short dream, I walk into, uh, walking through these doors, and it's a laundromat, and there are brand new washing machines all around, and I'm there to buy the laundromat. And that's the end of the dream. Usually, when I have a dream, I'll keep it within me for months, sometimes even before telling Sarah. That's the introverted part of my life. But for some reason, the next day when we had our staff prayer in the the prayer room in the furnace, I felt inspired compelled to share this dream. I got up. I didn't have any meaning from it. I didn't have any how to land the dream. What what are we going to pray about? Nothing. I felt to just share. I got up and shared, hey, I had a dream last night. I got into this place and then it was a laundromat and I was about to buy it. So Lord, thank you for this dream. I didn't even have a prayer after that. And I went back to where I was standing. Right after that, David gets up and he says, God, we thank you. Again, not related to the dream. God, we thank you for the many who have gone before us, the prayers that have been prayed before us, that, that we are carried many times by these prayers. And he goes on to pray about the inheritance of all that have gone before. And right after David's done, Charles gets up and says, you know, on this very hill, there used to be a farm. Who You know, the farmers were believers, and there was a man whose name was Luke Weaver. Luke would come and pray on this very hilltop. And it says, as a result of those prayer sessions, they began to gather in Luke Weaver's home. The home got packed out over several weeks. Miracles are breaking out. Healings are breaking out. He's preaching the gospel in power. And they realized they need to move out of their home. You know where their home was? North 40th Street. You know where we are now? South 40th Street. So they move out of North 40th Street and they get this little storefront place and they move in there. They pack it out within weeks to over 200 people and they eventually had to move out of there after a few years as well. And, and Charles says, and that, and, and that was the starting of Grace Chapel Church. And, it, and at the end he said, oh, and that was on Derry Street. Ding, 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 ding. My radar Comes alive. Did you say Dairy Street? So while Charles is still praying, I get on Google Maps or on, on Google and just search Dairy Street, Grace Chapel, Luke Weaver. And I get this article. I'm reading the article and it says, yeah, and Grace Chapel started on Dairy Street at this specific location. So I Google map, search that address. It's now Rutherford Laundromat <laughs> on Dairy Street. You can put up a picture of it. That's 6530 Derry Street. In my hand is, he laid his hand upon me. That's the story of Luke Weaver. Again, we go into another dimension. God, you are up to something even more profound than we are even aware of in this moment. Thank you, Lord. A week later, keep that picture up for a second. A week later, Pastor DeGanto doesn't know about any of this dream, or the prayers, or the history here, or Grace Chapel, or anything. A week later, he tells me, we have our first person, Nepali person, who got saved. I said, tell me about it. We said, he said, well, we thought we would go to the laundromat on Dairy Street, because people come and put their coin in, and their, their clothes in, and they just wait there. So, we thought that would be a great opportunity to preach the gospel. And the very first person to get saved in this Dairy Street project is at the laundromat. Come on. A month later, we decided let's do this. we have an opportunity to do food outreach. Pastor Edgar and Yadira have pioneered an amazing food outreach in Harrisburg. So let's do something like that for the Nepali people and just see what the Lord does. And so we had some delay in getting fresh food from Blessings of Hope. But uh, Jason and Alleta and Tali and Sveka, they're involved in uh, Midwest Food Bank. Which is not primarily not fresh food, but packaged items and cans of goods and all those things. I, and we talked about it. The Nepali people would appreciate fresh food a lot more. And we said, we waited several weeks. Let's say, let's just do this. Let's be faithful. We didn't even have a truck or a budget or anything like that. They, so they got their minivan, went to Midwest Food Bank to pick up food that would fit in their minivan and just do a small outreach. While they were at the Midwest Food Bank. This lady saw them, Pastor DeGanto and Lena, and came up to them and said, hey, tell me about you, your church, or ministry, and they shared their story, and she said, would you like fresh food to give away along with this package? They said, yes, we would. We were were looking for that. She said, okay, tomorrow is our church's uh, once a month food outreach, and you can come. I'll give you the address. Come and get as much food as you can take in your car, and that you can give away to the people. I was traveling that weekend, Pastor to texted me, I have this lady, they have a church, they want to give away fresh food. I'm like, oh, God, you're so good. Thank you for, we, this is what we wanted, right? He texts me the address I ca- and the phone number. I call her, I talk to her. She's super sweet. He said, yes, come tomorrow. I'm like, this is amazing. She says, come at 9 a.m. on Saturday at 4 p.m. is our first outreach planned. The provision was just beautiful. Then I tell her, okay, where, what's the name of this church? grace chapel prayers that have been prayed on dairy street 50 years ago hearing the story the current pastor mel weaver comes to church a few sundays later and he finds me he introduced he's in his 70s sweetest man he says i heard about dairy street my father would love to hear your story. And I'm thinking, you're, you're how old? And he and, and it, and it says, My, yes, come have lunch with us. So that week, Sarah and I went to Mel Weaver's house. And I'm still not sure if he's talking about his father like here or in the cloud of witness, you know. Because Luke Weaver is a legend in this region. We walk into the living room and Luke Weaver in sitting in the living room. 97 years old. We sit around the dining table and they say, tell, tell us the story of Dairy Street. It means the world to us. 70 years ago, Luke Weaver was on this hilltop praying. Thank you, Lord. That's Mel on the left and Luke. We're sharing stories. And then at the end, we walk over, Sarah and I kneel down in front of him and he lays hands on us and imparts a blessing and a prayer. At the end of that prayer, Mel, his son, tells him, Dad, now you can go take a nap and just go on to be with the Lord because your eyes have seen the fulfillment. We were stunned by that statement. You see, when God is involved in our lives. Not a moment is so isolated that it doesn't have meaning. All of our lives have incredible meaning. Incredible. We are part of the tapestry, the carefully woven tapestry of God. It's an honor to be part of this. We are reaping today what was prayed 70 years ago. And then Charles and Anne come along in this storyline, and in one of his first sermons, he declares there's going to be a missions movement. He joins in on this storyline, and we have been fruit of that thrust for missions here in this house. We are partnering with the bigger canvas of heaven today. And as we realize that this Dairy Street Project was more than just Dairy Street. It was around this whole region. We decided, Pastor DeGanto had this idea, let's call it the Himalayan Project. Because the Himalayan region is where these people come from. And we launched what is now in its initial stages of the Himalayan Project. Just yesterday we had our second outreach. Go ahead and put up a couple of the pictures so you can see. Over 250 people with just two days' notice of passing out physical cards showed up to receive food. Thank you, Lord. If you want to receive more information or want to volunteer to be part of this, we need like 20, 30 volunteers every time we're out there. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning, 250 people in two days out of 50, 60,000 people that are here. They're already meeting with the leaders. They're already meeting with the worship leaders of the local Hindu Nepali temple. They're meeting with the priests of the local temple. God is opening a massive harvest here. And this began to be stirred a, a month after we sowed our storehouse offering last year. Thank you, Lord. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. What he he didn't know, what Pastor DeGanto didn't know, as he said, let's do, call it the Himalayan project. In 2015 and 16, when the Lord spoke to Sarah and I to move from Cyprus to Harrisburg, what was on my heart was in the works was a new model for missions in the foothills of the Himalayas in Nepal. And we said, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna follow what the Lord is speaking to us. And here we are with the Himalayan project among 50,000 Nepali people. Nothing goes by the wayside. We get to partner in the Abrahamic call. Thank you, Lord. And I was curious because we have this business community and we've been involved in some of the political campaign and, thing, you know, what's going on in our nation right now, the midterm election. So my mind is kind of tuned into that. I asked, I asked him, find out is why are people moving here why are all these nepalese moving here not just from nepal but from ohio and other states well the government is providing a lot this administration providing a lot of aid here specifically in harrisburg and kind of the underlying understanding is that there will be an exchange for a desired voting income when they are eligible to to vote all of a sudden all this that was part of reaching out and the primary goal for us was the gospel now it turns into god is doing something not just in that realm but for our nation as well he's brought in people so i said i want to meet with all the elders of this community and just share not from a faith perspective not from a political perspective but the values of nepalese and indians and and bhutanese people are so family oriented They don't want to lose their children to ideology. All of a sudden, God is gonna redeem, is setting up to redeem a whole community and their generations. This, as we're offering, come on, let's stand to our feet as we prepare and get ready to sow in. This is that which was prayed on this hill 70 years ago. This is that that Charles declared. Will be a missions movement this is that that was that they longed for on dairy street and we are getting we are getting to harvest the fruit of many years of faithful labor and this is just one story we're sowing in today to the increase of the storehouse patty preached on wednesday about strengthening your stakes you know when you have to strengthen your stakes when the curtains and the and the, and the actual tent is being enlarged Thank you, Lord. And God is enlarging over us. As we prepare, the the ushers can come forward. We're going to do it old-fashioned by passing the buckets. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not just donations. I feel there are going to be strategic investors that will sow into the storehouse of God to build things that we don't even know in this moment. Strategic innovators and creative investors. Thank you, Lord. This is, for us, a Cornelius moment in the history of Life Center. This is a Cornelius moment for us as a church because God is the master craftsman in organizing and structuring divine moments where he takes one storyline and overlaps with another storyline. He takes one community and overlaps with another community. He takes one conversation at your, in your kitchen and brings it to a fulfillment for an entire nation. We are in a Cornelius moment here as Life Center. This, because this lifeline's offering is happening in the middle of a 40-day fasting and corporate 40-day fasting in prayer. This was the posture of Cornelius. When God came to him, he was fasting and praying. And God says, your alms and your prayers have come up to me as a memorial. We are in a Cornelius moment as a church where not just our prayers, but our giving today is coming up to the Lord as a memorial for things that are staggering for us even to comprehend in this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, Thank you, Lord. If you're writing checks, logistics here. If you're writing checks, make it out to Life Center. I know you have individual cards at your chairs, but don't write them out to the individual missionaries. We allocate them to all of them who have a plan and a strategy. If you trust us, we hope you do. So make the checks payable to Life Center. And if you're using PushPay, scroll down and you'll find missions offering. That's where you want to, um, to, to, to to assign to it. Come on, before we we pass the buckets, can we just worship the Lord just for a few minutes? Come on, David, lead us. convergence of harvest over us as a community. We thank you for the acceleration. We thank you for the multiplication. We thank you for the overlap of heaven that's beyond us, beyond our understanding in this moment. God, we join with the eternal Abrahamic call. God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you. We thank you for the nations of the earth. We thank you Lord for the inheritance of the nations that was promised to Abraham somehow as we put as we sow into these paper buckets you turn it into redemptive master plan of the earth somehow you turn our prayers into salvation somehow you take us into your redemptive plan for the entire earth God so we sow this morning into the storehouse of heaven Do with it as you wish, God. Do with it as you plan. We thank you for millions that will go out. Millions of dollars that will go out of this house. Millions of dollars that will go out of this house. Thank
1: you, Lord. Go ahead and pass the bucket. Here.
0: They have heartstrings connected to the nations. If that's you, just put your hands up. This call to missions, you don't have to know what it is and how it is. Thank you, Lord. From a young age, God has tied your heart to the nations. God, I bless every seed of that call, every seed of that eternal call. He marked Abraham's call with Melchizedek. It says of Melchizedek, is was without father or mother coming from an eternal place. He marked this missional call into something that's outside of time. So I bless that call in your life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. There are investors here. There are people who have sown so generously but god is bringing you up so you can see even greater impact of what is yet to come there are strategic investors here this morning in first service thank you lord that will partner with the work of god that will tra- bring transformation to cities as our business community Kren, we're going to meet soon and and have a and we're going to call it Kren think tank or Cren Dream Tank. We're looking for investors and people who have faith and courage that wanna partner strategically to see transformation in the city of Harrisburg. Come on, there's more that God is wanting to do here among us. (laughs) So we bless. Come on, let's just put our hands up to the Lord. We surrender all of our plans. We surrender this offering to you. We surrender, God, what may be in seed form but there are mighty oaks that are within it. Thank you, Lord. There are forests that are within it. We thank you, Lord. We bless this offering this morning. I bless every faith-filled family here that participated in this moment today. I bless you with the increase of heaven in your life, increase of peace in your household, increase in relationships, in Jesus' name, in your marriage between a husband and wife, an increase of peace and joy because the Abrahamic call was to make the nations glad. We come under that glad tiding of the gospel as it goes out. So I bless you and I bless your children, your household to be filled with the peace of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just give the Lord a great shout of praise? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. We want to bless you to go pick up your children. The altar is open for ministry, especially if you have that missional call that you want prayer for. You're welcome to come up. We love you.
1: Go in peace.